Greetings, gentle listener. This is Twig. I want to come in here right at the beginning and apologize for a little hum or buzz that's that's going to show up a few times or maybe maybe quite a lot in this next episode of Twig's SE Reflections. I apologize for that. I, I'm learning, and apparently I still have some things to learn. Not been able to fix it, so I'll apologize instead and recommend that today might not be the best day for earbuds or high-quality speakers around your ears, maybe more ambient sound or while you're doing the dishes or driving the car. That's a thought. And I thank you very much for your patience. Yes, indeed. Take care. Greetings, SE land. This is Twig, Anthony Twig Wheeler. Here we have episode number 69 of Twig's SE Reflections. This is a podcast series for SE students and practitioners everywhere as well as folks that are studying the psychobiological literature and looking into the somatic healing arts. I'm a practitioner like you and somebody who's thought about these things a bit. Here I am chatting you up and talking to your eardrum in there, just kind of sounding out some waves and helping things move along, giving you some thoughts to think about. Today, looking at what to do when our clients expect too much from us or expect too much from the process, or have high expectations. What to do when they really want things to change really super fast, or expect things never to change, et cetera, et cetera, when they have high expectations. Well, you know, I'll tell you, that's a challenge. It is a challenge. On one hand, it's a very positive thing, because you can see their interest and their investment and their desire, their need, for something to be different. And whenever you get those things in the room, you know that you've got something to work with. This person needs to change, wants to change, wants this to happen. They're invested. And that's something to champion, something to always be looking to draw out and make use of and help that be a resource in the in the therapeutic process. On the other hand, you know, there's there's also the the sense that it just takes away patience and curiosity and participation just sucks it right up out of the room it makes it so that or can make these high expectations can make it so that it's hard to be with the way things are to take the time necessary to let the process unfold to watch as changes happen over time and become aware of those integrate those have them affect daily life have other people in your you know, your client's family life, become accustomed to the fact that the person doesn't respond the same way, you know, not quite so cowed or not quite so belligerent or whatever, you know, that that change is integrated into the family system and the person's life in general. That kind of stuff takes time. And that dance between this is a positive force of wanting and desire and investment and need and the other side where it takes away the notion of patience and curiosity and participation and willingness to be engaged in the process over time, well, that's that's quite a balance that you as the practitioner get to kind of sit there on the other side of the room in your own chair trying to figure out how is it you're going to use this to your advantage and help as you best you can at the same time as not let these demands get in the way of either how you respond, maybe making you more or less um, inclined to try something, 
or to um, insist that certain things shouldn't be tried just yet. You know, how are you going to respond to that? As well as just how to help your client, you know, be involved in something that might not simply go away all at once. There's a, um, there's a kind of notion in our work that this is short-term and time-limited and shouldn't take very long. And some of the examples of it read in books and heard about on the internet and stories told and such, even some of my stories, um, kind of put this in perspective that like everything should happen really fast here, that, that you shouldn't have to suffer any longer than just learning about somatic experiencing, going and getting a few sessions, and, and now you should be fine. Well, you know, as, as you and I know, it's just a little bit more nuanced than that, right? Like some things, right at the surface, the nervous system is primed and ready, still in some ways actively playing out the stress response, given the appropriate signals of safety and curiosity and allowance, permission of the body to be itself and whatnot. Some of these things, like a, maybe a recent accident, a recent fall, um, a recent upset, anger at the boss, you know, repetitive, repetitive, you know, self-protective responses that are constantly trying to express themselves. Some of those things truly are rather easy to attend to, given enough balance of attention, I should say, as long as it's not too much when you start feeling, say, the, the neck whiplash from the accident last week. You know, as long as it's not too much, some of these things really do move through very quickly. And by degree compared to how we might have thought about, say, PTSD in the past, where it's a collection of symptoms that you're just going to have to manage the rest of your life, even moving through PTSD and out of that into more, you know, at easeness and aliveness, those things can also be quick in comparison. Not instantaneous, though. The more distress and the longer it's been and the more fundamental it was to our developmental process and the more nervous system dysregulation that we have, et cetera, et cetera, the more of that, the longer the change process is going to take. We just, you know, we, we might want it to be fast, but not all categories of our experience are the same. Some things, like a recent accident where our body is still nervous from it, that might give us a really easy window to go through and attend to the feeling states and find that kind of discharge deactivation process ready to happen, given the right signals. Other things, well, you know, they're more entrenched in our way of being and our personality and our organism, how we respond to things. We've just done it so many hundreds of times, thousands of times that way. Changing some of our behaviors, some of our feeling states around things, particularly when they're long-lived, not going to happen all at once. Well, what to do? What to do? Well, let's hear... Let's just talk for a moment about like what the kind of expectations are out there. Like when our clients end up with these kind of high expectations, what are some of the ways that it gets expressed? You know, um, as I often say on this podcast, this list can't be exhaustive. I'm, I'm just not going to be exhaustive here, but I have a nice little list in my, in my head to share. Um, one, obviously, is that you might and should have an immediate solution to the problem that, you know, if I'm going to come to therapy, I'm going to invest this time and attention, I'm going to come to an expert like yourself, that you should be able to just you know, fix this right away as, as it sometimes jokes, surgically remove 
this thing from me to as I sometimes say like um, push a button and make it all go away or turn it off or some such you know biology doesn't work that way life doesn't work that way and um, things change over time body time as 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 it's sometimes said you um, you'll see this you'll see people who just really think you should be able to fix this right away that's that's something that's out there and you've probably come across it another one is that recovery from anything should be fast it shouldn't linger um, particularly if you've read the semantic experiencing literature like waking the tiger or something you hear about nancy and you think oh my goodness look she's been she's been ill at ease and unable to leave her house and and she has this one big huge session that seems to change everything and and I, I don't even have that much of a problem. It should be faster for me. Yeah. So there's this expectation that not only you have the answer, but this expectation that the work or the nature of recovery, now that we understand it so much more, shouldn't take so long. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's an expectation that's out there. Another one is that, um, and this is, this is a, a kind of a funny one. It's kind of a, a setup in a way, but it's, it's an expectation that you as the therapist is going to fail, are going to fail, that um, the client as the client is guaranteed to fail, that therapy is a failure for me, for this client in particular. You know, they, some clients come and there's, there's like a high expectation to prove out how this isn't going to work. And, and that can put quite a lot of pressure on the therapist because, you know, you're getting paid for your hour and you're also... Well, you're invested in trying to help people. And so some clients, when they come and they have this expectation that this isn't going to work, that it is going to fail, that can put a high expectation and kind of high pressure in the room. Well, there's also um, financial challenge. You know, there's the high expectation that I have to do this quickly. I have to do this really quickly because I only have enough money to come see you for so many sessions. And, and well, you know, that's... That's a thing. It's a real thing. Another one is that when a person has a some kind of time-limited process coming up, something that makes them think, oh, I have to deal with this before this other thing happens. Perhaps it's a divorce or a, a pregnancy. You know, I'm going to have a baby. Maybe a surgery is coming. Some kind of move. Some time-limited expectation makes it so I have to be able to get through this faster in order to be able to deal with that thing, uh, be able to go through the surgery better. I have to get rid of all my former traumas. Or if I'm going to have a surgery in the near future that I don't really want to have, but if I could fix this problem before that surgery comes, then I won't have to have the surgery. And I really don't want to have the surgery. So I want you to be able to fix this problem for me before I have to go take the surgery. Whoa. Well, that's, um, that can get pretty heavy. Understandably, understandable. You can see the person's need there. You can see the, the desire to, you know, avoid the surgery or be more at ease before the pregnancy or the, the childbirth or, you know, whatever it is. You can see this time-limited thing. It, it's an accurate sense. It's just that it um, increases this pressure, which can have this uh, possibility of decreasing patience and curiosity and participation, which you're going to need. You're going to really need those to be successful with this. Well, there's another one that, that the session is supposed to look a certain way. You know, it's supposed to look like a catharsis blowout or um, 
kind of like a, a tremble shake polar bear kind of experience or we we you know we saw this on youtube or or read it in a book like it's it's supposed to have all kinds of high intensity discharge to it or i'm supposed to be able to get super super mad in here those expectations of what the session is supposed to look like can then increase the amount of tension in the room about what's supposed to happen here and how it's supposed to happen making it just a little bit harder for you to find your way it can do that another one here that you or this work has all the answers is kind of already said that but but there's the like an expectation that i should be able to ask you a question and you should be able to answer it i should have a sensation you should be able to tell me what to do to make it go away which which is a good one next to that is that some people when they feel something negative something that they consider to be ill or bad they they don't like it you'll actually hear people say i don't like it there's this expectation that just because they don't like it it should already go away or it shouldn't happen that you ask them to feel themselves for a moment they feel something that's displeasurable unpleasurable you know unpleasant and then they have this expectation that it should already be different it should already be gone and and that kind of sets up a you know it sets up a pretty what does that do it sets up a dynamic <laughs> where it makes it hard to go through anything because every contact with something that's negative perceived to be negative is already an expectation that it should be different rather than going through the process of noticing it as it becomes different which is kind of what's going to be necessary well those those can't be all there are but but those are those are pretty good ones right like person's got a surgery coming up or they're moving to some other country they need to get all this done now they're they're getting married and they want to be perfect before they 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 you know go through the engagement that might be the most positive one i can think of they feel this sense of immediacy of the problem they they don't have enough money to you know come forever of course not who does and who wants to they they expect you or this or that to be a certain kind of way when these expectations get in the room it can be something special for you to keep yourself you know to kind of maintain your sovereignty over the session over your work over how you respond it can be challenging to keep that separation between you know what's mine and what's theirs and and finding your voice in helping to guide a person at the appropriate pace you know at a pace that the two of you can work at now on one hand this is pretty much a contract issue an issue of being in the same room being on the same page having a mutual contract that you're going to do this and not that 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 the work that you are choosing to do together is going to be in the client's best interest and in that direction of helping them achieve the goals and find the relief that they're looking for but it's informed by what you're doing and not necessarily by what the client is doing and or it's some kind of combination between the two of you that you between your skill level and their willingness to participate with your skill skill level you two have a contract to work together and that's different than being in the same room and you chasing the client's attention every which way because you don't have a mutual contract to say okay we're going to do this together we're going to try these experiments or we're going to 
um, you know, some, some of you all like take things really slow, which is a totally fine way to go about things like that. We're really going to slow this down or we're going to talk about this and take pauses or we're going to do this reorientation thing on a regular basis. Like there has to be a certain amount of contract that says we're doing this together rather than working at odds or not having the same, you know, mutuality or enough mutuality in the room to be able to affect the process together. So you and your client, you all need enough contract, enough mutuality that puts you in the same room and makes it so that one, they're willing to come back. You know, you can't help people if they don't come back. And then two, that you have enough influence over their attention so as to be able to guide it and not be pressurized over much by their expectations in that way. Sometimes what you need is a contract to talk about the influence and nature of those expectations and make sure that they're not over-pressurizing the session space. Now this is also a level of skill or a skill issue. You know, on, on some level, matching with these expectations isn't always about well, ma matching the expectations, you're, you're fairly likely to not, you're fairly unlikely to match these high expectations when they happen. What you're more likely to be able to do as your skills get there is to be able to join or, or attune at an appropriate level of concern and appreciation for the problem so that the client is able to appreciate that you respect their, their need and their upset while at the same time you being able to guide their attention in places and in ways that over time you get some evidence for the option or the, the experience of difference and change, which will then give you more traction for diminishing the expectations. That all to say, there's a, there's a certain amount of joining that often needs to happen. You can't simply not care or not repeat or not respond to your clients with high expectations and just pretend like they don't have that if you do it's a little bit like going to a body worker that you know you tell them your shoulder hurts and they only work on your hips now it's probably because of your hips that your shoulder hurts as long as they're not just avoiding the situation and and doing something altogether out you know obtuse but but you know there's a lot of times that that's the case that a, a savvy body worker will be able to see that the tension pattern is somewhere else in the body and and you go work that other part of the body instead of the point of complaint well if you if you don't attend to the complaint at least a little bit a person could easily feel like they're not being heard and not being seen even if in fact their body is feeling better when they leave so when some people have these high expectations there's a there's a necessity to at least attune to it, join with it enough that you can have a little bit more participation by you expressing your awareness and appreciation of the concerns and, and the demand. At the same time as you lend in your interest and your willingness to respond to that expectation you or level of expectation, you're probably also working your way toward, you know, as your skills come up more, um, a more dispassionate stance, a somewhat more distant reflection on the immediacy of things. Not that you don't care, because you do, and not that you don't want it to change faster, because you do, but because some amount of dispassion, at least somewhere in the room, is necessary so that we can be curious about what else is going to happen 
rather than so pressurized that all we see is things as they are and how they have been and how they're not changing from that. So there's just a skill thing here that says you will be needing to join with clients in this place, not just recognizing that they have this abundance of expectation and, and demand on the session and on you, maybe on themselves, and, and just putting it aside as a, as a harmful thing, you'll probably need to join with it in a relative basis so that you can actually garner enough participation to affect something, get something happening. I was thinking about this this topic recently and remembered a book, a book called the, a, a Twist of the Wrist. A Twist of the Wrist. It's a fairly famous, probably, you know, it's probably the Waking the Tiger book of, of motorcycle racing, of flat track motorcycle racing, which, you know, funny enough, when I was young and somewhat crazier, I, I had motorcycles and, and would ride them very fast on obscure mountain roads, mostly in Northern California. And I had a couple coaches, a couple people who would turn me on to how to do that faster. Very dangerous and um, not something that I would do anymore. But in fact, I, I, I should say I, I drive a Honda 50cc scooter, which is about as slow as you can go. But it just gives you the greatest feel of, of moving down a road um, without the sense of, of danger involved. Well, um, I used to go faster, and I used to read books about it and, and talk with coaches, and there's a, there's a book, a twist, of the wrist, a twist of the Wrist by Keith Cole. And somewhere in that book, he's got a line that says, all because you want to go faster doesn't mean you can. All because you want to go faster doesn't mean that you can. And uh, that might be a paraphrase, might not be an exact quote, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's essentially exactly that idea. And you can really see that on a motorcycle because you, you have all this desire to go faster. But, but if, you, if you start to go faster than you actually can, uh, well, you know, it could go horribly wrong or you just feel the fear come up inside of you that says this is a really bad idea and you back off. And that's, that's just a, a thing. Your skills have to be in place enough for you to safely go faster, otherwise you will crash and burn, or feel how you're going to crash and burn and back off and not achieve that faster stance. So there's this kind of reality. You can only go as fast as you're actually ready to go. Which, which reminds me of a, a quote from Raja Selvman, one of the senior SE faculty, who early in, in my time with SE, I, I spent not so much time with him, but certainly not enough. But I did, I did get to meet with him a few times in classes and such. And, and one time he, he said to me just very dispassionately but directly, he said, you know, you, you need to be careful and not try to do so much so fast or you could make yourself sick. And something just like that. You know, you have to be careful not to do so much so fast or uh, try to do so much so fast or you could make yourself sick. Which, you know, at the time I kind of thought I was sick already, and I kind of was. But I, 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 I did hear what he had to say, that my system could only integrate so much change at a time, um, along a kind of sequence of time. I could only do so many sessions. I couldn't do five sessions in a week, you know. I, I couldn't integrate so much change. My, my body was just going to freak out from that, just go tweaky which I'm sure I did because I was always on the knife edge of titration, just trying to do as much as I could. And, 
and I'll tell you what, 10 years later, I would never, ever, ever think that that's how I should do it. <laughs> but back then, I, I had those high expectations and I really wanted to get through things fast and I was trying to get this, this shit out of me. At the same time, I, um, I, I, you can't. You can't. And Raja, Raja was telling me that. And he was essentially saying, you know, put down some of your expectations because this is going to be a longer haul, a longer road, a longer path than you are wanting it to be or expecting it to be. That's, that's a, a nice thing. Sometimes you can tell people just quite directly, this isn't going to work the way you want it to. Or, you know, I, I have a little insight from you for you. This will make you sick if you try to do quite so much quite so fast. Or the rest of your life won't be able to integrate the changes here and that will reinforce the discontinuity between what you want and the way things actually are based on the fact that, you know, if you've been in your life for a while, you've pretty much set it up in relationship to how you are. So now you want it to change, you want to change, the rest of your life is going to have to change with you. And that's going to take some time to get everything turning, you know, sometimes changes in relationships or new relationships or how you maintain your your health and your self-care or the space around you, you know, the clutter or the, you know, whatever it is in your life, it might take a little while for you to get things turned in a new direction that will support the changes that you want to make. It takes time. It's part of what comes down to it just takes time. And and Raja, he had that expertise to be able to see that and I I gave him enough credibility to hear that. Now of course I was my own autonomous kind of thing, so I'm sure I was still overdoing it, but I at least would reference his thought, his his reflection that I could be doing too much. I could, trying to go faster than I can actually go can't can't be done well what could we say about what to do for us as practitioners as, as practitioners when we have clients that have these high expectations a little list here but again it, it won't be exhaustive so so please don't don't look for it to be exhaustive but there's um there's a few things one like with raja as like i said you can you can sometimes just directly say things to th people you can you can just directly name that this isn't how it works or it needs to be slower than that or it needs to be titrated or it needs to be done over time or we need to do this bit by bit or some kind of direct commentary on your experience and your awareness of this process this change process being something that can't simply immediately change you know, as one example, like the thing that changes that's been chronic often comes back, which can be really demoralizing for somebody who has a high expectation on things because they feel the relief, you know, this chronic neck tension. They end up with some orienting response in your office. At the end of the session, they report that their neck feels looser than they can remember, which happens, happens regularly. And when you hear that, you think, oh, this is great. This is grand. This is exactly what we want. And you also hear in parentheses, in your own mind at least, and it's probably going to come back. That tension that's been around for 5, 10, 15 years, that's probably going to come back. This last 10 minutes, 20 minutes of the head bobbing around in this orientation response is unlikely to relieve all of that instruction, all of that chronic repetitive behavior. It's very unlikely to set an entirely new template on how the musculature around the neck 
takes on the stress response or takes on the signal of some kind of tension, very likely two, three, five, twenty days later, person's going to be like, oh, my neck's tight again. And it's terribly demoralizing if they have these high expectations and they they expect that now that change happened and it's going to be gone forever. A lot of these things take repetitive you know, time to integrate the, the sense of change and, and deactivation and to reinforce the signal of some kind of tension pattern coming up and not leading itself into the array of constriction, but instead toward, you know, more fluid movement through that. It takes some time. Okay, it's true. There are magic sessions out there. I'm a fan of those. It's always nice when somebody, when their neck pain goes away and they say, oh, you know, it went away and it's never come back. It's always nice. And let's 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 at least hear that parentheses probably going to come back the pain's probably going to come back so we often need to kind of warn or or suggest you know as good as this is and i really want it to be good and really want you to feel the goodness in it there's a good chance or there's some chance there's a possibility you might choose your words wisely for the person that you're working with there's some some possibility that that the some part of that is going to return or be similar again and when it does let's just let's just keep aware that we had this change and so even if it comes back again at least we know that that tension can change that it's not the only way it has to be because right now you can feel how it's not there or not as much which is a way of kind of lending your voice or lending your yeah your voice your your words your your invitations toward the communication of process or the language of over time or that we're going to be involved in this over time that this is going to be a process it might ebb and flow it might move forward in the way that we want and take a few steps back but even that it does that gives us more room for steering it more in the right direction as compared to if it just was always stuck always doing the same thing without any real sense of felt sense change as we go along so Anytime you get a little bit of change, it's great. And we might just be aware that it could have this ebb and flow process to it. Along that, you might directly say to clients, you know, this is how it works, or, you know, we, we want to think about this as an overtime kind of thing, or over, like through a process, we're going to take this on step by step. As you do so, probably best at least i would i would recommend i i do this for sure probably best to try to attune to yeah I, I, that's that's a way to say it to try to attune to the person's passion for change the desire that this is going to be different that it should already be different that they shouldn't have to live with this that it's unfair to attend to the feeling that you can feel from your client when they have that high expectation that they really want something to change to respect that and to keep it inside of your awareness and even inside of your reflections with them even if you come out very quickly and cleanly and say if you try and do too much of this too fast you're going to get sick or you can't go any faster than you're ready to go or the your your nervous system isn't going to allow more change to happen than it's ready to have change because change for it after having been fixated for so long is going to feel like its own new threat its own new challenge and that's just going to reinforce 
the feeling of constriction and stuckness and unable to change. We're going to have to take these changes slowly or bit by bit over time. And at the same time, I really, I really respect, I hear what you're saying. This is really uncomfortable and this really matters to you and you really want this to be different. And that helps us kind of enter into this process more in respect for what it's going to need, both that you, we want your passion and, and potential for something to be different. At the same time, we need to respect that your biology has certain rules behind it that we're going to need to attend to. So you can talk directly. If you do, keep in mind that um, there, well, I kind of mixed a couple things up in there together, but so we'll just separate them. You, you, you can talk directly, and when you do, keep, keep some, keep some you know, attunement for the fact that you're not just trying to squash this person's excitement and interest and, and expectation for things to be different. You're, you're just trying to attune to it and give a more realistic perspective on what this is going to take. At the same time, when changes start to come through, we will, we'll, we'll just be savvy about how we respect that it's not always just an immediate upward trend as soon as you see any changes coming. And kind of mix that in there and I'll start to try to separate that a little bit. Well, what else can we do? Sometimes you see these expectations come in as a kind of a curiosity or an expectation. <laughs> this, this, this episode is going to have the word expectation thrown throughout it. Uh, you, can see, you can see a session that, or repeated sessions, where there's a theme where we just talk over and over about, are we getting better? Or are things getting better? Am I getting any better? The client constantly references how this isn't getting any better or my sleep is still this same way or it's you know the same same problem here same ache there nothing's changed in in you know my ability to talk with my boss I'm still nervous when I go to take the test or the pretest or whatever the more that conversation is the stuff of the session you know the referencing on how we're doing the less work you get to do. You know, it's it's an important part of the dialogue and certainly has to be there sometimes. It's obviously something that the client's really concerned about, so you have to tune to it, join with it enough that they don't feel discarded or unheard. At the same time, you you spend too much time negotiating that and you don't you don't get any other time to to do other work. Yeah. Sometimes just the negotiation of the expectation is the work. Other times, it's just in the way and it's just a repetitive, unhelpful thing that sometimes you can actually put aside simply by naming this out. That, you know, as, as, as interested as you are as a therapist in your client's change, you might say to them, you know, as interested as I am in, in everything changing for you and for your sleep to be different and, and such, it, and, and as important as it is to track the changes, I'm just noticing that we spend a fair amount of time talking about and speculating on whether or not things are any different. And what I'm wondering is if we can, we can make a, a certain kind of contract, a specialized kind of contract, for us to be able to reflect on the, you know, the arc of change and the assessment of whether or not things are different on a, on a more periodic scale you know every 
every other session, every three months, maybe in six months. We're we're not going to, that's the one I like, we're not going to talk about, the, you know, it, is this better, is this worse, is this therapy working? We're not going to reference that for the next three or six months. But then in three or six months, we're going to have enough time to look back and see the differences. I'm not saying everything's going to be better in three or six months. I'm not saying everything's going to be done in three or six months. I'm just saying that we'll take the opportunity to work together for three or six months and then look together at whether or not we can identify things moving in the right direction or not to whether we should reinvest in the process rather than having the question be at the fore throughout every session we might look for a way for that to become something that we become more periodic with to be sure you might set up that contract and the very next session your client is asking is this working is this valid is this a waste of time should i be doing something else it might happen that way and then you, you get to choose your own style of things a lot of times when you the whole reason you establish a contract like that is so that you can lean on it again so you can say you know um i i, I i'm with you i'm with you and i and i want i want the same question to be answered and and I remember we kind of we set that question up as something we were going to check in on three months from now so that we could do other work together in between now and then. So I'm wondering if we can lean on that contract together and go ahead and turn our attention over to this work. That, that might be something you do. Well, you know, probably the, the, most, the most frequent or successful way that I attend to these expectations is to actually help something change you know to do that when the expectations are really in the room and and conflicting with the participation you you know might have to do some fancy footwork or really slick invitation or joining you know to say like i really appreciate this but can we do this i really appreciate your concern with that and can we try this you might break it down to very simplistic experiments or exercises you know vu sound or simulated pendulation kind of stuff very small things just to affect some quality of change that's easy to attend to now that's incongruent right those those little requests oh we're going to look look around for the room we're going to feel inside we're going to look around the room again we're going to look around the room and feel inside we're going to look around the room again and oh i know this is silly but can we look around the room again and feel inside and and just compare how you feel now compared to how you felt before oh good that's that's a nice comparison anyway so let's let's look around again you know get the attention back out you might do that a number of times uh, having to kind of in fact placate or or attend to the the expectation that you are should be doing something more valid or more vital or more important something more like what we've read in waking the tiger or something and you know a lot of times clients just aren't ready for that grander bigger stuff sometimes they don't even need it but sometimes they're just they they're just not ready they need much more simplified successful experiences of their feeling state changing without something bad happening so that they're able then to increase the amplitude of that change increase the intensity of that activation and have their system not go into the the chronic spiral you know like so that's a global high activation issue as an example um, 
when you're working with these expectations, a lot of times you have to join with it enough that you can then actually do some of the work, whatever that is. Tell a story and find that at the end of the storyline things are a little bit easier, a little quieter, a little bit more... Um, I feel like I've been heard, maybe, you know, so maybe you need to get through a story and then get to the end of it to where the person can reflect on how, yeah, okay, I feel a little bit, a little bit more understood or a little bit more at ease for having said that. Or if you're able to get into some self-protective responses and feel those and settle those down, person can feel a little bit more, well, you know, a little less charged, a little bit more at ease or on that simulated pendulation business where a person's looking out, looking in, looking out, looking out, looking in, looking out. And you do that enough times that when you compare the internal experience to before, or even just the, the sense of looking around to before, they can report that it's easier somehow. Well, on the back side of that change, it's a lot easier to attend to the expectations because, you know, well, the client feels maybe a little less pushed, feels the notion that something is not the same as it was before and you can then lean on the sense that you might be able to grow that over time that we might be able to just increase that over time by doing a similar maybe other things but similar kind of pattern of things where we we experience our attention and then we we kind of feel what's happening and then that does itself speaking now of a activation cycle that comes through fairly smoothly it's like it feels itself I do a voo sound I feel the vibration things get a little wobbly inside I get a little lightheaded it happens for a moment it starts to clear then it starts to pass and then I feel like an easier breath and it's easier for me to look around you know when you when you get that cycle it's a lot easier than to start to talk to the expectations and say okay well we have this expectation that we're going to change things and then we're going to help your body to a accommodate or attend to stress better or helping feelings move through or these these things that have been chronic for you to you know have less fixity well we're going to you know kind of keep that same pattern of that wave that feeling of activation threshold deactivation have that maybe um, feel how that can happen and increase over time to attend to these expectations so that you know again returning to the the language of this is a process rather than a push the button and have it done at the same time when you when you work to attend to the expectations on the back side of some success it becomes easier for your clients to accept that invitation toward being involved in the process because they they have more awareness of what the process is actually like there's there's more sense of oh that that's what happens here and that's what it takes getting the negotiation to where you get to do a little thing when they have an expectation of doing a big thing is its own challenge and once you get to do it if you get to the back side of it where they say they reflect oh it's easier somehow now that's a time for you to be able to attend to okay well if that's easier now maybe we'll just consider the possibility that although we want lots of change to happen and we want big things to happen fast because these are so uncomfortable for you and you really want these to be different understandably so at the same time that if 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 it's a little bit different here maybe that does tell us that things can change and that if we if we kind of follow out this this process as it were where we're going to take this step by step 
we might have a chance of helping those bigger changes happen without maybe getting so mired or or um, having them kind of maybe go wrong as we go and instead we can help things go from one success to the next. So it's just a little bit easier when a person's had some experience with it and they've had a little bit of success with some of their feeling states changing for you to be able to tend to the to the uh, the expectations in the room. You know, one one expectation I mentioned before is like a person, you know, can come up that they 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 want it they want it to end or no they they want the therapy to happen really fast because and this uh, this one we we should, I don't know how you are for this, but we should really respect this one. They don't have enough money or they feel like it's too expensive for them to come on a regular basis, which is true. You know, I know that that's not true for everybody, but it's true for a whole lot of people. And it's certainly true for a whole lot of people who have experienced a lot of distress because it just becomes harder, becomes harder to deal with life and money and work and everything when, when you're, when you're kind of, compelled and pressured by your own dysregulated nervous system state the money becomes an issue and it it's a bottleneck kind of thing other than give your time away for free which i kind of don't actually recommend that you do um, although i do it um, but you know and, and and you probably do it in some way too but it's that's not a solution per se for that expectation and that pressure one potential workaround for it might be to either be very strategic about what you're going to do together and kind of name out, okay, well, if we only have a limited amount of money, let's work on some skills that you can do at home by yourself because you have to be with yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and then you can use some of these skills to, you know, affect some of the enhanced well-being that you're looking for rather than come to the specialist for the specialized hour that you're going to pay an arm and a leg for you're you're going to be able to take some of these skills that we'll practice here rather than trying to do maybe renegotiation work we might try to do skills or or awareness of like okay when you get distressed rather than reinforcing the distress maybe maybe you look outside and 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 try and see if you can see any trees blowing in the wind or if you can see any birds passing by just to get your attention out a little bit rather than reinforce the distress you know so you might you might get strategic yeah, in that way, I remember something that Peter Levine has said from from his demonstrations before. He sometimes says, you know, when I'm only going to see a person one time, it really makes a big difference on what I choose to do. And sometimes he'll choose to do renegotiation work, and you can kind of see him run through a storyline or an event or something. And other times you can see him give skills, like just basic skills that a person could do, or little patterns like a vu sound, feel for a moment, settle out, and return to orientation. Like you can... You can see these little skills that you could give so that the person could do those things on their own when they're going to be with themselves. Or better yet, what I what I often prefer is that you give them something that they can teach somebody else so that the two of them can do it together or they can have some reinforcement with somebody else that they know to do it with them um, so that they've got some encouragement in keeping it going. Another way to handle the, the money issue is to space out sessions. That rather than having the session happen every week, they might be every other week or you know once a month. I'm not saying that that's always the solution, but it it could be that that might help things to in, have more time to integrate between the sessions and make us more deliberate about how to how to respond to this um, this challenge. And it's a very real challenge. Okay.
I should say that inside of this, when, when a client has a lot of expectations, you kind of have to be pretty careful with your own passion. You know, part of that is, part of that is the transference. You know, you want to make sure that you're keeping a clear, clear view of what's yours and what's theirs, that you don't take on their passion for change, their expectation for change. And, and this can happen for some folks that can come in and they put a lot of expectation on you and now it's 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 up to you to to fix this and you're sitting there and I have to fix this and I have to make this happen faster and and in fact some clients can can become quite relaxed and at ease as soon as the demand is all on you and as soon as you've picked it up and it's not going to help anybody there's a, a real need to differentiate between what's mine and what's theirs and important here in terms of passion and dispassion because as you know as you're working with people and and they have a lot of passion for something which is good it's a certain it's a certain good thing at the same time it kind of uh, you know you you need a little bit more distance a lot of time a little bit more observer a little less passion a little more dispassion one of the things that you'll hear me say i've said it on the podcast is that you'll see the seasoned practitioners often offer quite a dispassionate reflection on things not always certainly not not when it's not appropriate, hopefully, but, but also at times truly important for you not to be as passionate, to give a little bit more distance, to have a little bit more neutrality. It's something that you're going to maybe try to cultivate in your client, particularly the one that's extremely passionate and needs this to change you might be looking for them to cultivate more distance and neutrality from their situation and their feeling state so that they can be more observant for when things are different and not the same rather than just focusing, hyper-focusing so much on the problem and how we want the problem to be different. So there's, um, there's a thing there. You'll want to watch how much passion and dispassion and the relationship between those that you bring in when you're working with somebody who's got this high expectation set of things. And you'll want to make sure that you're not taking their stuff on. This this is easier to do when your skill level is a little bit, you know, you haven't had as much time to develop it so that your library of experience isn't there to be able to tune and join with everybody. And now, and now you feel this sense of like, oh, I have to be able to do something for this person to make the time and the effort and the value worth it to them. Um, you do. But funny enough, one of the things you need to do is become less passionate <laughs> or more dispassionate. You do want this to be valuable. It just so happens that one of the ways that you can do that is help to normalize it a little bit more than um, pressurize it quite so much. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if I can... Uh, you'll want me to by now, um, say the last thing, the last thing is that sometimes you just have to be prepared to let clients go. I don't want you to have to do this and I don't want you to actively do this when it's not necessary. It's, you know, there's no need to belittle yourself or, or make yourself feel like you're not, not able to help people. And yet there are folks that are going to come like, like there are folks that are going to come who are sure that therapy isn't going to work for them and that you're too stupid to figure it out and they're you know they're going to test you in all the kinds of different ways now it's kind of unfortunate because they're coming and they want your help and you can even feel kind of conflictual you can, in your own head being like well what the heck you know it's like 
you know, you just said it feels this way, and then I said it feels that way, and then you said, no, it feels somehow different. And you can, you, you, that conflict that comes up where every last thing you say is kind of brushed aside as, as, as wrong, or, or they, they can be sure that, like, this isn't, this isn't valuable, it isn't useful. Sometimes you just have to be willing to accept that some, you can't help everybody, you know, and, and maybe, in fact, hopefully, as you get psychologically really savvy or, or just interpersonally um, experienced, you can, you can attune to folks and their, their worries to where they're not so much in your way and you can get over to those experiments or exercises or, you know, tracking of feeling states and they can get some relief and then get a little bit more invested in the process because of their own experience saying, hey, this is kind of valuable, valid. But sometimes you just won't be able to get there. You know, some some combination between who they are and who you are, where your skills are at and what they need, it just won't happen. And and that's fine. It's fine. It's got to be fine. You got to know that you can't help everybody and you got to know that you shouldn't try because a lot of times the best thing you can be is the right referral person for somebody to say, you know, th- what we're talking about here might be a little bit beyond, it could be, should be, might be, is, you choose your language accordingly, beyond my scope of practice, beyond my experience level, beyond what I really think I can help you with. And, and so probably my, my best offer for you is to recommend that you go see so-and-so. And this is, of course, an important place where you actually have a list. You cultivate some number, you know, two, three, five, twenty, some number of people that you feel have more skill or have more experience or a little bit more insight in working with, you know, counterintuitive situations than you and and that you be willing to name that and be willing to help your clients find those other more experienced people that can feel a little odd because here you might be working for two three six months with somebody and doing your best and they are you know there's a little bit of an anchor or um, just a true mismatch in the room that makes it so that over that time there's a lingering question are we doing any good work and after six months you finally come out and say you know, I have to refer you somewhere else because my work isn't effective for you. That can be odd because here you've been taking money and, and accepting that the responsibility of trying to help and, and maybe there's been this lingering question the whole time that you're not going to be able to help and then kind of feels awkward when you finally come out and say you can't help. You might need to do that. It's, it, it's, you might need to do it at some point. The earlier in that sequence that you can see really truly like in like be informed that you can see, oh, I'm not going to be able to help here. It's, it's good to, to mm, see that early and, and get to it. Now that said, on the extreme, there are a bunch of clients that they'll come with that, that knowledge that you're not going to be able to help. It, it's, it's not real. I don't think it's the truth, but it's, it's a felt knowledge for sure. And, um, and they'll come with that. They'll kind of present that to you. You'll maybe hopefully you'll try not to take it on but you'll do your best and they just won't come back you know that's that's the thing that happens the most often when when a client doesn't feel like they're getting their thing met whatever that is they just don't come back they don't often you know some of them don't cancel some of them just stop calling uh 
it is what it is and you, and you you try to do your best and show up for the next day that's uh that's that's the job and 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 what we've signed ourselves up for help uh, with an open door policy at least that's that's one take on it yes there are these expectations they can come in the room they can be really heavy you you'll want to attend to them and join with them and appreciate them and use the the passion and and hope and and need and expectation for change inside of them they can be so much that they'll be in your way that you'll need to talk directly to them or um, respect them and and see if you can invite over okay well there's that and can we try this maybe you'll even lose a client over it a time or two all of that can happen and you still get to do your best isn't that nice to know i think it is that's enough far 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 more than enough i do hope you're doing well out there i'm wishing you the best you can take good care bye-bye now get up get up get up get up get up get up and here's a special tracking twig notice just to let you know that i have a collection of juvenilia early works from this project twigs se reflections and i've been looking through it i've decided that i'd like to share some of it maybe more of it over time but for now a little bit of it and i'm i'm, I'm ready to do that but i'm i'm not going to do so over the internet over the world wide web so i'm going to let everybody who's on my newsletter for helpers know about how they can access that on january 13th 2016 so if you're on my newsletter for helpers by then, then I'll be able to let you know how you can get access to some earlier works, how I would have talked about some of these things five, six years ago. As that goes, the way you get there is you go to liberationispossible.org. You look in the main menu for therapist resources. In the therapist resources section, you'll see newsletter for helpers. You just go to that page and sign up for my newsletter for helpers and I'll I'll send you word about things that I'm up to and information projects of this and that stripe, as well as special things that I might not be releasing to the World Wide Web, but I'm happy to share with you knowing that you want to hear about these things more directly. So that's something that can happen before January 13th and, and something I can share. Okay, that's that.